It is a brand new day for the Los Angeles Sparks and the person who's going to shape that brand new day. Raiden Peebly, new general manager, here to talk all about it. We're going to talk about how she got here and where they're going together. Lockdown Women's Basketball starts now. Welcome Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and happy Thursday to you. Howard Magdal here, host of Locked On Women's Basketball. I want to thank you for making us your first listen Every day, over 172,000 of you showed up in December alone the way we show up for you six days a week. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, it is not just me, but it is the incredible team over at The Next, thenextsoups.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces every single month, a dedicated beat reporter in each of the 12 WNBA markets, Subscribe, $9 a month, $72 a year, and get it all in your inbox. Every time there's a new podcast, every time there's a draft, a trade, a signing, hear all about it, thenexthoops.com. And my guest today, to anyone who knows the sport of basketball, needs no introduction. We will do so anyway. Reagan Peebly, when people around the sport heard about your hiring, the way my phone lit up with people <laughs> for you, so delighted to see it as somebody who has been in this sport and who has paid it forward so many different times. It really was significant for me to see. And I'm just reporting. I'm just tangential to it. Take me through what this experience has been just like on an emotional level. And we're going to get into segment mm-hmm. one, all the path that you've taken along the way. Well, goodness, you know, I wear my heart outside of my chest a lot of times. I mean, Hallmark commercials will make me tear up. And maybe that's evidence of just me getting older. I hear we get more sentimental the older we get. But though, just even that, Howard, thank you so much. This game's given me an abundance of um, just joy and relationships and growth opportunities. Um, and to hear that there was that kind of positive um, response to me being in this position, just, uh, man, it's, it's really humbling. It means a ton. Um, yeah, this experience, it, you know, to be honest, I'm such a be where your feet are type of person. And so whenever I'm, you know, in my, in my role as a head coach, in my role, when I was broadcasting, um, in the W, I really tried to just put myself completely into that space and not, not get distracted. Um, but I would I would be lying if I didn't tell you that um, there was just been a I've never been able to detach completely from the WNBA. Um, it, it again showed up in my life at such a, a an important time. My senior year of college was when the WNBA was announced that it was going to be launched. So, you know, even though I was a little girl that had literally grown up around professional women's basketball during such a chunk of important years. There was no U.S. league, and I, I didn't have a U.S. league to aspire towards. 
Um, but then all of a sudden, boom, this opportunity came about where I was going to get a chance. And then boom, I get drafted by the Utah Stars. And I, I can just tell you, there's been crucial moments of my life that somehow, even though I was not a current player in the league, the W and the people in the W and around the W um, were a part of it. They've been a thread in my quilt from day one. Um, and, you know, I had a really cool experience and opportunity this uh, summer that I had to take advantage. I happened to be over in the WNBA offices in New York City and, you know, found my way meandering onto the NBA floor and um, was standing there outside of um, some of the, you know, the top league offices and was looking at these bleacher seats that were from the original garden, the uh, Celtics garden. And I, I hear um, behind me, those are pretty cool, aren't they? And I turned around and it was Adam Silver right there. And I was like, oh, hi. You know, he's absolutely recognize him as soon as you see him. And he took about 45 minutes of his time. I mean, here's a guy that's one of the busiest guys I know in all professional sports and just connected with me. And I had a chance to thank him because obviously there's so many important people you know, Val Ackerman being one of them that were crucial in getting the league started. But I knew that Adam Silver behind the scenes way back then was a part of helping make sure this this happened. So I got to thank him face to face for what he did way back then and, um, you know, still how he advocates for our league. So, yeah, here I am in L.A. now and um, I'm, I'm excited to be here and uh, step into this new role. It is remarkable. And again, you talk about the history and the way the past intersects with the present. And so, yeah. you know, you mentioned being around professional basketball from the beginning and listeners, regular listeners to the show know we regularly cover the WBL, the predecessor league mm -hmm. to the WNBA. But I know your father, Ray Scott, coached mm -hmm. in the WBL. So just from an early age and yeah. sort of a question some of your memories i'm curious of that time but more to the point you know the, everyone talks about if you you know if you see it you can be it as sort of a model as an idea and i just wonder how yeah. much being around professional women's basketball players allowed you to pursue the path you have had which for listeners you know is every corner of this basketball world whether it is player whether it is coach whether it is broadcaster how much do you think that shaped you it, it shaped me completely, you know, again, I, I, I'm so thankful that like, it, it, I had that experience at a young age. My father, as you said, Ray Scott, um, I have a lot of brothers and sisters and back in those days, you could not be a coach at any level of women's basketball and, um, be the the breadwinner for a family and raise them and, and be able to fully support your family. And so, you know, he had other jobs at the same time, but I knew where his passion was, was connecting to this women's game. Um, he played college basketball, he played European pro basketball, and he, um, you know, probably like a lot of dads, dream of passing that torch onto their sons. Well, his, his first, Set of kids were all girls. And so he was like, well, this is my squad. I'm going to be a girl dad. And 
he got really invested in the women's game. Greg Williams gave him an opportunity to be around the Dallas Diamonds. I remember sitting as a little girl with Nancy Lieberman um, in, in restaurants in Dallas and at practice. And then he ends up in New Orleans, the New Orleans Pride. Um, you know, I have really good men. I it's bananas. Even if, to this day, when I walk into Tulane's arena, it's flashbacks because that's where the New Orleans Pride played their games. And so I remember being in that space. I remember going um, with my dad and the team to Preservation Hall to listen to you know, the, the blues and the jazz music there with them and looking around and there were these women around me that, you know, were playing this game. Um, so, I mean, just core memories that, that all puts on my heart. Um, and you never know what, what those type of images do for people. And I think that's such a lesson for all of us today. You said it, if you can see it, you can be it. And everybody needs to be able to see pathways to go and accomplish uh, their goals, their dreams, their best self, um, and not have uh, barriers that get in the way from that. And I was, you know, very, very fortunate that I was able to have those experiences. Your experiences, I, I mean, are simply remarkable. And if, I, I don't think it's overstating, just run the gamut of human experience as well. Mm -hmm. I, I'm really excited to get into this with you a little more. For, okay. And this will be coming up. Uh, right in segment two, anyone who thinks that you're going to be intimidated by building a WNBA roster when you <laughs> took a program that didn't exist for 16 years mm -hmm. and built it into a winner. Yeah. Yeah. It's well. <laughs> so we're, in just a minute, we're going to talk about that in segment. Okay. Uh, but first, I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, which is Prize Picks and Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. So you're not battling thousands of other players. It's you pick more or less than between two and six player stat projections, and then you can win. What's interesting, by the way, is they have opportunities now. You can play with basketball season. You can even do something with combo projections in what's called a specials league. So you can combine LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at like 10 and a half combination of three-pointers made and receptions. You can also play alongside prize picks favorite players like Meek Mill or comedian Andrew Schultz. Just go to the community plays under the promo tag to check it out. You go to prizepitch.com slash locked on NBA, and then you can use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of over, uh, up to $100. Again, that is prizepitch.com slash locked on NBA, and use code L O C K E D O N N B A for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Okay, so you've got to take me through this. You come to Utah State. They haven't had a basketball team, a women's basketball team, in 16 years. How is that presented to you? And how <laughs> you, because again, listeners, you need to understand that team goes from non-existent to a perennial postseason participant by the time well, they left to go to Fresno. 
Well, um, okay, yeah. So they were one of three Division One schools in the country that didn't have women's basketball. And this was right around the time that the NCA was looking at qualifications that teams or universities were going to have to hit in order to be the one. And having a women's basketball team was one of those. So, um, you know, that's the macro level. The other two schools that didn't have it were the Citadel and VMI. So there was, it was bizarre that Utah State didn't have a team. Um, I moved to Utah in the middle of my junior year of high school um, and uh, won a couple of state championships there with my high school teammates. I played for the Utah Stars. Um, I, so that, that state was important to me. I, I had um, definitely, I mean, that's definitely how I got to know Natalie Williams as well. Um, Aaron Thorne, when I went to the same high school, I'm older than Aaron Thorne, but uh, she's another uh, great Utah hooper. But um, when they announced it, it was actually Natalie, Natalie Williams' dad um, that was a part of the hiring committee. And I, um, long again, long story short, went through the process with them and just um, I don't know if I was the most naive one to take the job and willing to do it or the most brave one, but I went for it. Um, goodness, it was tremendous. I mean, I, I can just tell you, I was the youngest head coach in the country on the men's or the women's side, I think for a couple of years when I took that job. Maggie Dixon was the one who took over that reign. Um, and Maggie was a, a, just an incredible person that we tried to honor at TCU with the Maggie Dixon Classic, and they're continuing to do that um, in partnership with her brother, Jamie. But we, uh, yeah, we had to buy the basketballs. We had to buy the uniforms. When our uniforms got in, they got, you know, took forever to get there. They got stuck on some ship for a while. They showed up the day before the game, and Utah State was spelt wrong. Okay, so. No. Like, Wait, what did they call them, Utah or the state? Those are two pretty well, basic words. They made it all one word. It was the problem. So <laughs> the old letters were there, but they forgot to. It was a space in between the two. So we, I mean, it was such a journey, Howard. And I just, those were precious moments in my career and the people that I partnered with. Um, I wish often I could go back to those days because we all grow and get better um, as we experience things. And I wish I could go back sometimes and do it again and serve the exact same people because I would serve them so much better than I did probably then. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a blast and um, a unique way to start your career as a head coach. No doubt about it. And again, building something that has permanence had to have a lot of meaning to you. And as you mentioned, yeah. you've gone on. Uh, Fresno State made the tournament both times you were there regularly in the postseason over at TCU. This was around the same time that in addition to coaching, you were able to take on broadcasting. And so mm -hmm. I know you have to give up, I guess, the regular Dallas wins yeah. broadcast now that you're doing I know. it. I, I just wonder, you know, how much are you going to miss it? And I, I will just say parenthetically, and just as a, a point of personal privilege to our listeners, you, you're so good at it. And I learned so much mm -hmm. from you whenever I had the chance to see you do it that, you know, there's such an evident joy and there's a preparation that you bring to it, the way you bring to everything. So this isn't just a gig, I know, you know, but take me through yeah. how that felt. And yeah. How, okay. How 
Well, um, again, being connected to the W, always doing my part, which however big or small it was to make sure that I was staying connected but supportive of the league and its efforts. So when they moved from Tulsa to Dallas, um, you know, I reached out to Doug Bruno, another another longtime advocate for professional women's basketball. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. And I reached out to Doug because I knew that he was really supportive of the Chicago Sky. And I just asked him, like, hey, being, you know, local head coach as Dallas comes in, what have you learned that's really helpful, um, not just to the Sky, but your own team in supporting um, their efforts? And, you know, he had just shared some things. And I reached out. Um, Greg Bibb's been so good to me over the years. That whole organization's been so good to me. Um, and just was like, hey, I'm here. I want to be supportive as an alum of the W, but also as a local head coach. Um, you know, there's no need for us to head in different directions. Let's collaborate. Sure. So again, one thing led to another, and I got that opportunity to sit by Ron Thule inside and our producer, Bob Steinfeld, who's just been phenomenal. I'm going to miss those guys. They're like family. They're really good friends. What I also knew is I love to study the game. And, and I also knew that WNBA coaches, um, front offices are so generous. So the opportunity that they were giving me to be able to, not just Dallas, but every team that came to Dallas to I'd come to their practices the day before game, um, I'd be in their you know, locker rooms, film sessions with them, spend time with the coaches talking about their teams, the state of the league, issues that were going on. Um, and then the preparation work I did and studying their film, stealing terms, stealing actions, um, you know, developing relationships with some of their agents over time. Like all of that was huge preparation that helped me for TCU to serve our program, but also just added to, I think, my, my the scope of my knowledge. Um, but did yeah, you, that's Did you know at the time, did you think at the time in your mind that, because it does, it, it, it makes perfect sense. It's a training ground essentially for a for yeah. a general manager job. Were you thinking about it in those ways? Was this something, I don't mean the spark specifically, but just in general, a front office job on your radar at that time? Well, I knew, um, you know, here's another bizarre secret that not a lot of people know about me, but I also got a master's degree at TCU. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real horn frog. Okay. I cheer for them and I'm excited for what Mark's doing there with their program. But, um, I got a master's degree in higher education leadership. And I knew at some point, I didn't envision myself being, you know, a coach like my dad, who's still coaching college basketball at Collin Community Junior College and, um, or Gary Blair, God bless him. Like he's one of our best that ever coached this game. Uh, you know, see Vivian Stringer, uh, literally one of the best ever to be a part of our game. I didn't imagine myself coaching that late into my life. Um, but I knew that I loved leadership and I loved organizational leadership. I wasn't positive the direction that that would head. Um, and I, you know, served on the WBCA board and really enjoyed looking at the game from that macro level and serving the game that way. Um, and so as, you know, just time started going, I, I kind of started to pay attention to how a narrowed focus in leadership in the general manager position and especially the important direction the league is heading and separating that role uh, from the head coach role, from the president's role, 
You know, a lot of organizations are recognizing how important that role is, and it needs to be a standalone role to truly serve the players well and to serve the game well. Yeah, I mean, it's enormous, an enormous Mm -hmm. growing lift, and it's one of the positives that comes out of the growth of the game. So it's it's wonderful to see. We're going to get into a little bit more of the mechanics of everything that also you have overcome and the way in which you've lived your life over these last few years, especially, as well as just yeah, where the rubber hits the road uh, in this in this new job and how things look from that front office. Because as we've talked about, it's collaborative and it's interesting to me the ways in which it is and the ways in which, as you said, it really has to be. So back in a moment with segment three, but first, I want to tell you guys about another sponsor today, and that's Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but it's important always to be preparing for real life. And according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst, essentially triple flu season in over a decade. So I, for one, can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if my wife or one of my kids got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. And thankfully, that's okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including respiratory infections, sinusitis, and others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. And you can even go to jacemedical.com and use code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Again, that's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Back with Reagan Peebley. And, you know, it's something I have been open about this. I am upfront about this. I, I thought it was a home run hire that the Sparks hired you. And I knew in part it wasn't just because of your basketball knowledge, but it's because of the way you live your life, the, the way mm-hmm. you live, like you said, with your heart on the outside. And that was never clearer, I think, than when you had what, thank God, turned out to be a non-cancerous brain tumor. And as you mm-hmm. have navigated that stare over the last couple of years, I wonder how it changed the way you thought about, for lack of a better phrase, the narrative arc of your life and the things you were doing and the things you wanted to be doing. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. It's not something that um, I shy away from talking about. And I understand why some people want to um, keep those type of things more private. I definitely understand that. And, uh, you know, for full transparency, I knew I had this brain tumor for two years prior to having the surgery before really anybody, even my own children knew about it. Uh, we didn't tell my kids that um, this was happening to me, that I was going to have brain surgery until um, a few weeks before my surgery. Mm-hmm. And um, the only people that knew were my husband, my parents, my in-laws, and then um, our athletic director, who's now the AD at University of Texas, who's just an amazing uh, dear friend, Chris Del Conte. And he was incredibly supportive, as well as a few of others. Um, and obviously my neurologist knew about it, but, um, 
Yeah, when it was discovered and look, I, I have to use this as a platform and opportunity, hopefully to help people and especially people involved in our game and women. Um, I'm a I'm a hardworking, tough minded as much as I wear my heart on outside of my body. I have a stiff spine. I can I can be I can be tough and I, I'm a winner and I love to get after it and hold myself accountable to high, high standards. Um, so. You know, I think what happens to us a lot of times is we excuse some of the things going on with our body. Either we've been, society's normalized us to not listen to our bodies as women. Um, we think it's stress related. If I just wait till the end of the season, I'm going to feel better. Or as an athlete, like just push through, or that's probably, I just pinched a nerve. But I was having a lot of odd sensations happening. And um, finally, my my husband was like, I'm tired of this. You're going into the doctor. And one thing led to another. Um, they discovered I had this brain tumor. And, um, you know, just through, I would get MRIs every three to six months for a few years just to monitor its growth. Um, and at a point when it was growing in a way that was uncomfortable, we've learned of that December of 2019. But Howard, this was an amazing team that I, in season, we were in the middle of coaching. And there was, I told my neurologist, uh, I'm not missing a game. So we're going to have to put this off. And he was like, only you, Reagan, would put off having brain surgery when your neurologist is telling you it's time. And uh, so we did. We put it off um, until the end of the season. But this fast forward, as we all know, that um, the, the hard things our whole world was going through in March of 2020. Um, and we literally got pulled off the court in Kansas City, the Big 12 tournament. This was a team that was anticipated to be um, a top-seeded team in the NCAA tournament. We were a top 25 team, our strength of schedule. All the things were lined up. This was a team we were building towards, actually, and uh, had an amazing senior group. So um, long story short, not only did that – season get canceled, but my brain surgery got postponed. They were doing at that time, the hospitals were so packed. There were people with stage three cancers that weren't able to get their treatments at the time. So my little brain tumor could wait. And uh, we pushed it off till June and had that surgery. You know, my prayer at the time and was you know, I just, I hate missing work. I hate missing it for anything. Like I barely missed any time when I had my children during, you know, their, my coaching career. And sure. so if there was ever, there weren't very many positives to that whole period of time, but I never due to COVID and the shutdown and the recruiting shutdowns and we couldn't have our players on campus. I actually didn't miss time right. with my team that way. Um, but had the surgery, went through the recovery, had 45 staples. Um, and as you said, thankfully that, that tumor was um, extracted, non-cancerous. Um, it should be something that I never have to go back to um, and have to revisit, but I do have to get my checkups and follow-ups. I've paid much better attention to my body nowadays and not putting these things off and encourage everybody else. Um, that first thought that we often have is something that we, many times excuse away hold on to those first thoughts that come to us those instincts um those emotions those feelings and uh know that they're coming from somewhere that's great advice and it's so important yeah and 
wrote a letter to your public about this. So yeah. as we look to the future, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you can be honest, you can tell me if this happened. Did Kurt begin recruiting you for this job when you guys were taking that picture in country western attire back in college? <laughs> did, did this come a little bit later? Uh, definitely was not happening way back then while Kurt and I were assistants for Tom Collins and Nikki Collins in that. Nikki's Nikki in it Collins too. in that photo too. And she we talks. actually have one. Becky Hammond for like a quick minute, I think was like our graduate assistant or student assistant or something. So, I mean, it was a pretty impressive staff that Tom had put together. It's a lot of wins. Um, but, it's a lot of wins. Yeah. But look, I, I can't, Tom, Tom was an excellent coach for me to work with and work for and learn from. And that staff was, man, a tremendous Nikki. You could tell she was going to be excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, even at that, you know, young age and, uh, Kurt, obviously is one of the hardest working people. I got to watch that day in, day out. Um, I've always been surrounded by hard workers. Steel Barry was one of the best at preparing a team and instilling <laughs> discipline in a team that you've ever seen. Um, and I, I'm a, a direct reflection of that. So, um, no, he, what I will tell you, and if you really did digging, you would know that over the past period, of chunk of time, I've spent a lot of time. I visited with New York general front office. I went to their practices. They were generous in letting me come in. I've spent a lot of time with um, at the uh, Business of um, Women's Sports Summit in New York this spring. I went to ESPNW summits, being in, putting myself in atmospheres and spaces that I was going to learn a lot about the business of women's sports, business of professional sports. Um, and they, there, it was known, I think, that this is the direction I wanted to head um, and wanted to find. Now, this was the best situation for me, honestly, because there were some prior relationships. It was a long time ago that Kurt and I worked together and he's evolved and I've evolved at that time. Um, but there, that, that rooted original relationship was important. Um, but I just felt like he'd been a GM before. So there's going to be some counsel and support in that space. Um, Karen Bryant is KB is significant in this. I mean, she's a, She's transformational in women's sports as well. And her it's being in this, in this space a minute, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So her being in this position and continuing to mentor me through it was going to be really supportive and healthy for this organization. Um, I am collaborative and I'm not afraid. I have to. I, I require diversity of thoughts right. in when I'm making decisions. And I'm also very okay. And, and confident in making strategic decisions independent of others sometimes. And that's, that's important to be, I think, in that position to have the ability to strategically think, access expert analysis from people. I think Eli is one of those hidden gems in this league. Um, if you're in the league, you know how good he is. But he's, he's been exceptional in helping me in this role. We also have here Eileen Hauser. Yeah. Eileen Hauser, who's a rock star. So this this front office was has been growing and developing um, and knew that, I, that this was a great place for me to come in and gain the experience and also mentorship to support. And really the whole goal of this is to serve this team in the best way, the individuals that make it up, 
resource them to go chase the best version of themselves and go compete for championships again. Yeah. And, and again, everything in your life up to this point, everywhere you've done, it's a matter of when, not if very obviously for those mm -hmm. who pay attention. So, uh, Reagan Peebley, I am delighted <laughs> for you on multiple levels. I wear my heart on my sleeve too. And so I congratulate yeah. you. Thank you to cover you to our listeners. I appreciate you being with us as always. We will of course be back with you tomorrow. WNBA draft pod back with you again on Monday as we are with you six days a week until then I am Howard Magdal wishing all of you a wonderful day. Welcome to Wallet. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. <laughs>